Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 100. We did it, Fire Nation, 100. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? Just record an MP3, send it to my team here at Entrepreneur on Fire, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit podplatform.com, that's podplatform.com, to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Brendan Sinclair. Brendan, are you prepared to ignite? I certainly am, John, and I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me along. I hope I can set things on fire. My man, I love it when people incorporate the name. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Ah, no worries, mate. I'm here to help. Here to help. Brendan is the author of The Web Design Business Kit, writes a newsletter with 140,000 subscribers, and maintains a blog. Brendan also speaks extensively on internet issues with business students, business groups, and lectures at Griffith University. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Brendan, but why don't you take it from here, tell us a little about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about what you got going on right now in the business world. Sure, no worries. I'll start off with the personal stuff then. Um, I'm 45, but I look a lot, lot younger. Uh, married, three <laughs> kids. I do a lot of... Um, I do a lot of... Uh, sort of adventure sort of trips and stuff these days. I started off my career, I was a nursing sister for uh, 15 years. I'm not sure how that translates to the US clinical nurse, I'm not sure. Um, then I started marketing hospitals, went for marketing hospitals, uh, got booted from that after a bit over a year when the hospital got sold and then started doing uh, my own marketing business, which uh, is kind of where we're at now. I mean, that's been going 14 years or so. A lot of web stuff in that as well, and a lot of uh, a massive variety of things now. Um, so from a day-to-day -day basis, in terms of personal stuff, I obviously work in the business, um, live on the Gold Coast in Australia, absolute paradise on, in, on Queensland. Like I say, do a few trips. I was in the US last November, December. Went across the states on a uh, Harley. I rented a Harley in LA and uh, rode to Miami. Had my 17-year-old son on the back, so wow. that was a that was a great trip. That was awesome. Then we spent a week in New York, some time in San Francisco, and hired a Mustang <laughs> and drove down that coast road into LA. Um, so we do a lot of. A lot of trips like that, do a lot of traveling, go overseas three or four times a year and do all sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, I have a pretty good time. Well, you are obviously young at heart, Brendan, and I can actually vouch for what you alluded to earlier because I have your Skype picture right up here on my screen and you definitely do not look 45. No, I look young. One of the reasons I look so young too is because I generally use photos that are about 20 years old. <laughs> 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 that's part of the reason too no mate i look old trust me i uh i try and keep fit one of the trips i did with my kid was kids was another son we cycled across australia a couple of years ago four years ago now 
when he was 15. That's essentially the same as cycling across America. It was about 4,500 kilometres, which is about 3,200 miles, I think, in uh, 30 days. So stuff like that sort of keeps you fit. Man, I didn't even know that was possible. I thought like the whole center part of Australia was barren, barren wasteland. Yeah, but there's a there's a highway that runs straight through the middle of it called the Nullarbor. There's nothing out there. There's uh, tons of animals, tons of kangaroos and goats and camels and stuff, but nothing else. So on an average day out there, how many cars and trucks would pass you? Um, probably half a dozen, I guess. Um, you would go for a couple of hours without seeing a car, which means that the closest car to you would be 200 kilometres away at some stages. Um, uh, there's a fair bit of freight that goes between uh, Perth over in WA, Western Australia, and, and the main centres in Australia. Australia is actually, here's a completely useless fact for you, Australia is one of the most urbanised uh, countries in the world. More people live in as a percentage-wise, live in cities in Australia than in any other country. Australia is not a country where everyone lives in the outback. Everyone lives in the major cities of Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, essentially Adelaide and Hobart. And this is totally a guess, but there's probably some kind of stat too where Australians live closer per average to an ocean than most other countries. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All down that eastern coast of Australia where it's... um. Beautiful, clean, uh, gorgeous, really gorgeous place to live. Really is. Oh, love it. Love it, Brendan. We're going to have to unfortunately move on because I do, <laughs> I have a passion for Australia. I've never been there. So this is just fueling that passion and I can't wait to make that happen. Everybody I talk to, and I've talked to a number of great Australians on Entrepreneur on Fire. We've had some real goodies. We've had Jarl Starek. We've had Will Swain. We've just had some great guys, and you're adding to that list and adding to my desire. But let's move on with the show, so to speak. And the first topic is going to be the success quote, because we really like to get the motivational ball rolling. You've already got it rolling in the traveling sense with your descriptions of Australia and your Harley ride across America. But let's get it going in the business sense now. What do you have for Fire Nation? Well, my favorite business quote, uh, success quote's always been work smarter, not harder. Took me a while to come up with that one because you're talking to a guy I used to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week for probably seven or eight years. I used to pull an all-nighter, I reckon, once a week. Took me that long to figure out that that's just a, a false economy. It's crazy. It's, it's not sustainable and you're just not efficient. Whenever you pull an all-nighter, you're shot for the next two days. You're not creative and you really can't get anything done. So... Working a lot smarter than hard um, is the key. I work less now than I've ever done and get twice as much completed. So uh, that would be my quote, mate. Work, uh, work smarter, not harder. Well, you obviously weren't leveraging your time. You obviously weren't scaling your business on any level at that, at that point. And that's just part of the journey of an entrepreneur. And it's great that we have you on the show to continue talking about that journey because that is so powerful. That's so important. That's what we here at Fire Nation just really thirst for. So let's move in to the next part of your journey, which is failure, which are challenges, obstacles that you've come across at some point, Brendan, in your journey that you can share with Fire Nation, how you came across that failure and then how you overcame that. Yeah, sure. Probably, I'll probably talk it in a, in a general sense, but um, I've failed way, way more times than I've had success. I've got a couple of little stories with a couple of... Uh, websites where we've had massive success in with and I own I don't know 
200 websites or so, I guess. But, uh, and not all of those are successful. And I've just had failure after failure after failure after failure with websites. But you can't look upon it as a, as a failure. You kind of just look upon it as information, information gathering. And the critical part with, with my business and my philosophy is that I, I limit the downside so that when I do inevitably fail, not inevitably fail, when I do fail with a business, then it doesn't matter because a lot of the time they're going to be web businesses and your startup costs are so uh, significantly lower than anything else that you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and, and keep going. Um, so I sort of identify that that's the critical issue, that if you fail, you've just got to keep going. Um, you know, there's not a there's not a ton of help out there for entrepreneurs starting out and, and you know, everyone fails at some stage. And look, I've spoken to a lot of people who failed in business and gone bankrupt and my my sort of discussions with them have always been, look, people who are in business um, understand that it can be a very fine line between success and failure. They understand that um, if the market conditions aren't right, I mean, Americans are dealing with that now over the, after the global financial crisis. If the market conditions aren't right, it can be almost impossible to succeed. So don't take it personally is probably the big point that I always like to push. It's not a reflection on you or your management or your business skills some of the time. Obviously, some of the time it is. Sometimes people are hopeless and shouldn't be in business and don't know what they're doing. Um, but a lot of the time, the market sort of situation precludes you from, from that success. So if you fail, don't worry about it. Get back on and, uh, and have a go again. So, Brendan, take us down to the ground level. Share with us a failure that you've had specifically and then how you took steps to overcome that. Yeah, sure. Probably the best one, John, to share with you is when I first started out in, in business, um, I went from a, a paying job, a marketing job into business and undoubtedly the biggest challenge was, was getting new clients. I remember sitting there twiddling my thumbs, going to the movies because I had absolutely nothing to do. I had no money to do any marketing with, not that you need money for marketing, and I'd exhausted all my other marketing avenues and had absolutely no clients. So I kind of thought back and thought, okay, well, how do, and you sort of, I read a lot, how do other people get clients? And a lot of it's that personal contact. People won't buy from you unless they like you or trust you. So I just um, reconnected with my um, my personal group and people I know uh, to let them know what I was doing now. Um, because what I was doing in the in the in my marketing and my advertising was fairly um, it wasn't personal. It's just buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, and that doesn't really work. Um, so what I did was take it to a different level of connecting with people I knew, and then started offering them my services to to um, to fix their fix their problems, but to be more of a solution provider. So. I really went from someone who was trying to sell marketing services and just changed my thinking around to someone who was providing solutions for their problem. And that personal connection, that um, networking is probably the perfect term for it. Networking with uh, my market was the most effective way to do it because uh, I was on a very quick 
downwards spiral to uh, failure with the business if I if I didn't get some customers in. So that was a, a fairly clear challenge when I first started in business. And see, that's just such a great insight because as entrepreneurs, one of the toughest things that we sometimes have is just starting. And until we're out there swinging the bat, how are we ever going to really know what's going to connect with our audience? How are we going to know what their pains are if we're not interacting, if we're not networking? So I'm just loving listening to you talking about how you were down, you were out, you didn't know what to do. But then when you finally just started making yourself get out there connect with people, then you found your place. So that's just a great insight for entrepreneurs. And that's a great lead in for our next topic, which is the aha moment. Because Brendan, as entrepreneurs, we have to deal with failure, but we also get to deal with these amazing, inspiring aha moments that we get when we're actually out there doing fun and exciting things that's interactive with our potential target audience. Can you share with us, with Fire Nation, a time that you had an aha moment that just really shaped your business? Yeah, sure. This is, a, this is an easy one. This happened uh, 12 years ago. And I had my little web development business going along. And uh, I got a, went for a job where the guy was selling an eczema cream and he knocked us back. And to cut a very long story short, I ended up a few months or even a year later um, bumping into him and redoing our offer to him he said oh no he said if you think you're so good why don't you um be our eczema distributor and sell it online um with us owning the shop so we did that um i said to my wife look i need someone to to run this little eczema business i'll show you how to how to set it up and run it and you know we might sell 30 creams a month or so and at least you'll learn a bit about online marketing so um we did that. Uh, the first month, I think we sold 30 creams. Then in Australia, we got it on a, one of the major current affairs shows. Um, we went from selling 30 creams an hour after the cream was featured on this current affairs show. I made a quarter of a million dollars in the first hour. Um, and that just went on and on and on. We went from this having one employee to having, I think it was 15, just um, packing and sending eczema cream. It was Australia's biggest eczema website by a mile. Was, in fact, it was one of Australia's biggest health websites by a mile. All kicked off by that uh, current affairs show. I'm, I was. I remember sitting there just pressing the button to tell us how many orders we've got. So it would be an hour. So I'd press the button. You have another, you know, two thousand three hundred orders. So I was sitting there pressing this button, making more money in an hour doing nothing that my dad used to make working his labourer's job in a factory in Hobart years ago. And it, did, it didn't seem right. It's, it was crazy. Um, so we went from, you know, a little business struggling along to massively profitable business, so profitable, in fact, that the bank ended up ringing me up about uh, two days after it all started. And they said, look, we just have to ask, where's all this money coming from? They thought it was must, must have been something dodgy. So the real... <laughs> The real beautiful thing there was that it gave me the ability then to go, how long has this been going on? Like, how easy is this? And to go, okay, well, then we had to set in place a whole range of systems to make it as efficient as possible. Um, and the systemization of the business was the critical thing because without the systems, it was, um, it was crazy because, you know, we're selling a lot of, uh, of our little eczema cream. So the systemization 
of the business and leveraging our time was the our my aha moment because you then ah oh, that's what you got to do because if you can't leverage your time if you can't leverage your business then you you're selling yourself short you're just working for a an hourly rate another really good moment I had I went and played uh, golf with my brother one afternoon and like I said I've got a few online businesses and we're talking about the business and how it's going and all the rest of it and um. I said to him, he's a, a landscaper, lifts heavy things, digs holes all day. And I said, mate, all I do is, um, you know, sit in the office, press a few buttons, and the beautiful thing is I make money when I'm not at work. And he kind of didn't believe that, that I made money while I wasn't at work. So sure enough, I pulled my phone out and checked my emails. And whilst we were playing golf, I made $1,000. I can't remember what the number was, but it was $1,000. And he, this is years ago, and he was absolutely disbelieving that you could set a business up like that. But um, with online businesses particularly, or with any sort of business, you could, you've got to set it up so that it can be leveraged, so that you can um, generate income when you're not working because that's what it's all about. That passive income is the, is the critical bit and that um, systemization of your business is the critical bit. Now, is your brother still a landscaper or did he move into a more passive income? <laughs> nah, mate's still a landscaper. <laughs> so uh, he's had a go at a couple of different things, but still a landscaper. There's something I actually want to pull out, Brendan, from what you said earlier on about how your father used to work as a laborer and how you were just pressing this button and making more money than he did in maybe an entire year. And it just didn't seem right. And what that really just makes me think back to is. T. Harv Ecker's book, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, and how as entrepreneurs, we really do struggle psychologically with money. And when the money starts flowing in, oftentimes people truly sabotage their business because they don't think that they deserve it or that they have done something that is worthy of what their success is bringing them. And it's so well documented in this book and so many other situations. Did you find yourself struggling with this as well? Mate, it, it sounds all touchy-feely, that stuff, but it's absolutely true. It was a real challenge to overcome that I'm not worthy of this money. Um, so you do, you try and break things down or you try and... It's weird. It's a, I have to have a read of that one because that was a that was a real challenge for me for a while to, to think, you know... Gee, this, it didn't seem right. It almost seemed illegal sort of stuff. It was like, this isn't right. How this can't be, you know, no, you're not worthy of it or something weird. But, um, yeah, I soon overcame that, mate. Don't worry about that. Have you ever read that book by T. Harvecker? No, I haven't read that one. I'll check that one out. Highly, highly recommend it. I know that on a lot of levels you've passed into the level where that's probably no longer a major issue with you, but it's still a great book on so many levels for entrepreneurs at every level of their game. I reread it at least once a year. It just really kind of keeps my focus well. And on that note, Brendan, have you had an I've made it moment? Oh, mate, I've had a few of those. Um, I One of my great moments, I actually was on that motorbike trip across the States. It's not a business one, but... We're in Death Valley. The motorbike broke down on the first day. I got picked up. My son got a hitched a lift into the hotel there at Stonehaven. Can't remember. 
And uh, we got chatting with a 99-year-old guy in the restaurant with his family. And um, my son and I are there chatting away to his family, and I was getting on well with the old man. And at the end, as he's leaving, he said to my uh, 17-year-old son, he's gone, mate, look after your uh, dad. He's a great man. And my 17-year-old son said, thanks. Yeah, I know he is. And that was kind of, that's my sort of I made it moment in life when your son sort of says to someone, yeah, my dad's a great guy. Um, that was a really sweet and pretty moment. In terms of the business stuff, I've had tons like that. After probably a couple of weeks of the Exma website where we're making more money than a horse has hair, that was uh, nice. I also had a set one up where, um, remember when the Ugg boots were massive? They're probably still massive in the US. At the height of the Ugg boot boom, um, I was Australia's largest exporter of Ugg boots because I identified that the Ugg boots were massive. So then we got suppliers for Ugg boots and started selling Ugg boots. Um, and I remember sitting back then when that was going well and that went well for years and thinking, you know, well, I've kind of made it because I've figured out, I've identified the market and I've got gone bang straight into the market, got a bit of market traction and away we've gone. So that was that was probably more of a I made it moment than the, than the uh, Exmoor one because I sort of felt the Exmoor one was more luck than anything, but the second one wasn't. And... See, now I sort of, I think, yeah, now I, I don't know if you ever, you're always searching, aren't you? I don't know whether I see myself as successful in business, but see, I had a chat with my accountant the other day. He's gone, oh, you've got the best business I've ever seen. Um, and I've got this amazing lifestyle um, that's funded by, you know, stuff that I did years ago, like the book, the book that I wrote that's 10 years old now, and the royalties from that flowed in and, that seem, seems like free money. Um, so, yeah, I guess, see, no, I'm not even convinced there. I don't think that I've sort of made it or, don't know, you're always searching, I guess. No, Brendan, I love that question and I ask every entrepreneur because I just get such a wide array of answers. And to be completely blunt with you, this is the 96th interview that I've done and your answer with in regards with your son is the most touching answer I've gotten. And that really touched a chord with me. I know it's going to resonate so well with Fire Nation and all these entrepreneurs that are starting because that is so meaningful the way you described it. And then you also took it to the next level with business and about your I've made a moment that you've had there. And one thing that I always do stress is that it is so important to have these I've made a moments. And they don't need to be termed I've made a moments. They can be milestones or just achievements that you're accomplishing because in reality, when you have quote unquote made it, that's the end of the journey. And there's really no end of a journey for entrepreneurs. We're always continuing on in the game of life and we need to enjoy that journey. So it's just great to hear that you have a basis of I've made up moments with family, with business, but you're still continuing to enjoy the journey. Yeah, oh yeah that's really true. Um, it, it really is a journey and it's not, it's, I, look, I'm what am I, 45 and I can never see myself retiring because what I do is not, not work to me and I guess I imagine you get this answer all the time. It's not work. It's just great fun. When I uh, go off on a trip and I don't work, I sort of miss work and like I said, I don't work very hard um, so, or I don't work many hours um, 
So, yeah, it's just a never-ending sort of um, fun time, really. Well, on that note, Brendan, what is one thing that's really exciting you about your business or what you do right now? Oh, I love the fact that it's so fast-changing. You've got to keep up with everything. That's, um, I find that really exciting. It can be challenging at times for people, but if we didn't have the, the, the fast pace, then it would be dull. So I love that fact, and I love... I love just getting the business so that I can work anywhere in the world um, at any time. You know, I've got a plan 2014 in June. I'm going to come over to the States and my wife and I are going to live in New York for three or four months. Those sort of things um, keep me interested and keep me excited so that I've got to get the business so that it's completely um, self-sustaining in terms of we don't have to to be sitting in a desk at a desk or we don't have to be meeting with clients we want it so that it's completely uh run just by a laptop or a or a smartphone anywhere in the world so that's what i really like about it i can still i mean i've got 20 different revenue streams and i love that fact and the fact that i've got 20 revenue streams came about from when we first started in business you basically you go where the money is so you'll start a bit of web design or web development and then you'll host sites or whatever um, and the fact that we've got so many revenue streams now is a great thing it's just a matter of managing those to ensure that um, they just keep on flowing in so I just love that fast pace I love the love the social media side of things and trying to figure out what's going to be the next big thing and and what's going to die by the wayside so I find that really so I still find yeah I still find work thrilling at times I guess well, thank you for that full spectrum answer, Brendan. And this leads us into the next part of our show, which is my favorite part, the lightning round, because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? <laughs> sure, I'll try my best, John. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Our oh, confidence. I didn't think I was a business person. It's... Um absolutely without question you've got to have that confidence um that was that was undoubtedly the main thing you think you're people you think people are smarter than you all the time um but look my experience with people in business they're all the same there's no one smarter one of my most successful clients can barely read or write and does fantastically well in business and uh it's for me anyway it's all about confidence it's uh and that's been probably the, the thing keeps going. And the other thing about the confidence, this is a long answer, the other thing about confidence is that it keeps you going when your business is going rubbish. So you've got to persevere. You've got to have that confidence and belief in yourself and in your business to keep going when others might stop. What is the best business advice that you ever received? Um, this one was from a mentor of mine many years ago. And the business advice was essentially keep going. Um, I've been told by a couple of people, including my accountant at the time, okay, time to to stop the business and go back to get a real job because I was making absolute. I've been in business for a few years, making absolute no money, had no idea what I was doing. And uh, the, this business mentor of mine said, mate, just keep going. Everyone goes through these experiences. It's just whether you come out the other side. Um, whether you're a winner or not. And like I said before, it's a very fine line between failure and success in business. And one of the, the sort of stories I often tell is that um, 
now people look at me and think, gee, Brendan's smart, or, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, gee, Brendan Smart's done great, got a, got a great business, all, all the rest of it. But I was so close to failure that if I had a failed, it would have been, oh, how stupid is Brendan? He's rubbish at business. He's, um, he's an idiot. So that perseverance is the thing that tips the balance between, obviously, between success and failure. I mean, I've seen it so many times. If you can just hold on and hold on and hold on and improve and get better, then eventually things will turn around for you. Uh, it is such a fine line. And, and Seth Godin says it so well in his book, The Dip. And I just definitely concur with everything that you're saying. What's yeah. something that's working for you or your business right now, Brendan? Uh, getting absolutely everything online, getting it all in the cloud, I think is the trendy term. Um, we've just about moved everything into um, online um, storage so that nothing's on our on our on our computers, our desktop or laptop computers. Um, now, in terms of the business stuff that's working right now, it's it's a mixture of things. I I just know that whenever I go and see clients, that personal touch, we always always make more sales. So, if ever things are a bit slow in any way, part of our business, I just go and talk to people, um, go and talk to clients. And I've always my business philosophy seems to be the complete opposite of most people's business philosophy. I go out there with clients and I, I look to see what value I can give them. I look to give them as much value as I possibly can. I see a lot of other businesses, they look to extract as much value out of the client as they possibly can, whereas I'm the exact opposite. I look to give them as much value as I possibly can. And I really act as the, I've had this philosophy from day one really, I really act as the advocate for the client. So um, I'm not trying to get as much money as I possibly can out of them. I'm trying to save as much money as I possibly can for them. Um, and when you provide, and I, again, I always say it's never about the price. It's always about the value. Um, and like all people in business, I've had clients who try and um, screw you down on price, but I'm not interested in that. We know we provide sensational value, so you've got to get a sensational price for that as well. So Brendan, you've mentioned the cloud. So you're obviously cutting edge on some areas of the internet. What's one internet resource like an Evernote that you are just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Well, Skype's a classic. I mean, we're doing this interview on Skype. Skype's just amazing. Um, things like Basecamp for project management stuff, just software like that I love. Um, Great. I mean, there's so many of them. High Rise, I mean, that one for contacts, and I used to use ACT for contacts um, for many years. Um, but yeah, there's so many. Those, that software that you can run your business online is, is just beautiful stuff. What business book would you recommend for Fire Nation? Mate, one of my favorite ones is called How to Be a Rainmaker by a guy called Jeffrey J. Fox. It's a fantastic book essentially on marketing but it's more about about business and it talks mostly about getting and, and keeping customers and he talks the thing I've always taken always remembered from the book is to quantify the benefit that you're going to provide so if we're trying to sell a website to someone we don't say here's a website it's going to cost you ten thousand dollars Pardon me, we'll say here's a website from our review, you know, um, if we get you 
number one in Google and we take some AdWords and we do some this sort of marketing and that sort of marketing, it should generate 10,000 visitors a month. Now, those 10,000 visitors, let's say we convert it at 2%, no idea what that is, what's that, 200 um, customers, 200 sales, and your average sale is, um, make it easy for me, your average sale is $100. That's, um, that's, of course, $20,000 a month in sales. Um, blah, 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 blah. And then you hit them with the, the cost of the website because only when they have that sort of information can they make a buying decision because they're going to weigh up a cost-benefit analysis of spending that $10,000 with you. So if you can quantify what the benefits are for whatever you do for any client, then... Uh, You'll, you'll make the sale every time. And that's what I've taken from that book, How to Be a Rainmaker. Great little book, only a little book, and, uh, but a gem. Very, very insightful. So, Brendan, this is the last question, but it's my favorite. So take your time, digest it before you come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? I'll just hark back to what I said before. I'd just go and identify the people that I could provide the most value to. I'd go out and identify what people's problems are in any situation and provide solutions. And this is another one I've always, always said. I don't, my web development business doesn't sell websites. Um, no, all my business does is provide solutions to people's problems. And the solution to the people's problems we're taking care of with websites is that the person doesn't have enough money. Um, every single one of us in business is doing exactly the same thing, um, which is providing solutions to problems. Um, different problems, different solutions, but that's all we're providing. Um, you know, if you sell airline tickets, you're not selling an airline ticket, you're selling the person the problem that they haven't connected with their daughter for a year or whatever it happens to be. So, mate, I've got no, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs say this, I've got no doubt whatsoever if I got dumped with a laptop and 500 bucks, my business would be back where it is now within, oh God, so within weeks because... <laughs> Because of, the, because of the experience. The experience is absolutely critical. And that's what's so great about being able to listen to interviews from people like yourself, Brett, because you've had the experience, you have the knowledge, and you're being so generous in sharing it with us. And we just thank you so much for your time, for your information, for your generous, generous knowledge. We salute you. I wish we could just continue to talk, but we can't. So, Brendan... Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, Sean. It's been great, mate. Appreciate it. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire generates every month consisting of passionate entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, with great results. If you would like to have 15 seconds at the top of our show to share your product or message, go to SponsorEOFire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.